Hello everyone, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Black Women Working podcast. We are so happy to have you joining us here again. Um, just let's reintroduce ourselves. Today is ourselves, it's just me and you. Oh, it's just me and Shan today. Um, we do have someone with us who I'll introduce shortly, but just want to go through the housekeeping like we usually do. So we have our Instagram and our Twitter, which is at BWWPodcastUK. And we're also on Snapchat as well with that hashtag. And if you want to get hold of us, you can email us, check our website out and all of that good stuff. So you guys know where to find us. Today's episode... Um, it's one that's very close to my heart because I'm going through it at the moment. So we'll be looking at maternity and financial literacy. We kind of touched on it a little bit before on one of our previous episodes, but we're going to delve a bit deeper today. And today we are joined by the lovely Toby. I'm so happy to have you join us here today, Toby. Can you just give us a little bit of information about yourself and what you do um, so the listeners can find out a little bit more about you? Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me on. I am actually a listener. One of my favorite podcasts so far has been um, yes, <laughs> has been when you guys unpacked um, Beyonce "Break My Soul." I was like, brilliant timing. Um, I listened to it on one of, one of my daily walks. So yeah, it's an absolute honor to kind of be with you here with you guys today, recording about a really important topic. But enough enough of that. Um, my name is Toby SRA. I run a platform called My Bump Pay, which is really close to my heart. And the whole premise of it is to really help women smash the glass ceiling with a baby on the way and beyond. And that's really unpacking and empowering women with all the information that they need to really help them kind of go forward and push on and make the right decisions that they need to as it pertains to their career, their life, their family, their finances, um, and just sharing the journey. Uh, ups and downs as it as it is really um but absolutely love that but I do that alongside two children and um working full-time um in the media agency as well well done girl you do an amazing job I meant to mention actually and I'm hoping that we'll have you back you recently done a panel for um my charity at the financial times oh amazing highly of you you do such great work so that was like a real humble introduction. You lot make sure you check out Toby's businesses because a lot of work has gone into them. Thank you. Oh, that charity is amazing. You guys are doing really, really brilliant and important things. So, oh, it's nice to connect full circle. Yes, lovely. Yeah. So we're going to jump straight in um, to what we're going to talk about today. But I just wanted to talk about one of the stats that I found, which was quite alarming. And actually, I had to take a seat when I really saw the stats. I literally read it like five times because I was like what's going on and it is around one in four women go into debt taking out loans of over £2,800 to cover their maternity leave and I just I just sat there and I thought what's going on like this is crazy but then as I'm in the same situation in terms of I'm on maternity leave I can really understand how that can be a reality for a lot of people and how they might have to actually take out even if it's not 2800 or more it could be less it could be a thousand pounds but just to cover the necessities and especially with cost of living going up and all of that i can really see how that can be a reality for a lot of people that are on maternity leave so the question i wanted to ask the group was what are the unexpected financial downfalls of maternity leave and being a working mother so I don't know Toby if you want to um start us off and then I'm sure Shan you've got a lot to add gosh what a stat that is really shocking I mean I will say that lots of what we're going to discuss today right is going to be things that you're going to be thinking oh my goodness like how does one kind of overcome that or or get around it and I think I just want to kick off by saying like these are the realities and I think it's really important that people understand a little bit about you know what could you know happen potentially when you're on maternity leave but at the same time it's definitely not the end of the world people do it with support and the right information will help people kind of navigate it in the best way that they possibly um can I don't want people to think like having kids is all financial doom and gloom there's lots of wonderful joyful bits on the journey as well um but in terms of I think those financial things that people should be aware of I think the first thing and I'll probably say this a couple of times today but the first thing I think is really really important is just really understanding your policy your maternity policy like even if you don't think that children on are on the radar in your life at any time soon I think just have a read and just really try and unpack 
what it means and if you don't understand it ask and if you don't want to ask your employer maybe ask a colleague or somebody who's kind of been through that particular journey at your particular workplace I think that's really important linked to that I would say if you are with a partner get them to check theirs as well you will be surprised more and more companies nowadays are actually offering really generous packages to the other person or the other half that's not physically having having the child necessarily so sometimes there might be some really interesting things there that are available to to couples financially so I always say to people kind of check both sides of the policies um but in terms of I guess some of those hidden costs that we don't always necessarily talk about um some of them are things kind of linked to child care so depending on which child care route you go down especially if you're looking at a private nursery this definitely stung us sometimes you have to pay a fee just to get onto a waiting list and you're thinking oh my goodness why do I have to pay a fee to get onto a waiting list it's just the sad reality that sometimes you do and then on top of that sometimes you're required to pay a deposit once your place is actually accepted into um, a nursery a private nursery and often you're paying that deposit before you've actually gone back to work and depending on how long you've taken on maternity leave you're paying that deposit potentially as was in my particular situation paying that deposit on the portion where you're actually not earning any money there's literally zero coming in so I think if you can be aware of that ahead of time so I always say to people as soon as you um, think you know that your pregnancy is in a really healthy place actually start going looking at, start to go and look at childcare options and find out how much they cost and ask them how much is it to be placed on your waiting list ask them how much um, a deposit is and I've actually heard of people actually negotiating that deposit period and saying right can I pay you know 25% of the deposit now and then 25% of the deposit at this particular stage because this is my situation I think all lots of things are always up for negotiation so I think childcare deposit is definitely one of those nasty stingers that a lot of people don't see um, coming and then there are all lots of different things that we could potentially talk about. Um, but there are things potentially around life insurance that you may not have thought about life insurance before you even had kids. I know that I necessarily, I didn't. Um, and actually, as soon as you become a parent, you might be thinking right now is the right time to you know take out a life insurance policy. And depending on how you pay that, it might be monthly, it might be annually, but it, it is a sensible thing to start thinking about. And that obviously adds to, you know, your bill um, in terms of your, your, um, financial outgoings and the last thing I'll probably touch upon which I think is really 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 important it's not a sexy topic is pensions um the pension gap is bigger than I think I would like it to be as a society I think from the beginning we all know that we have the gender pay and the gender pay gap um where men on average are paid more than women and that gap is also linked to pensions because your rate of pay is also linked to how much you put away into your pension. Now, when you think about maternity leave, if you're then earning less money, that rate of pay is then kind of translated into how much you can put away into, into your pension. So I always say, kind of have a think about your pension. It's not always an easy thing to do because I know it's really easy to, to stop paying your pension as soon as you think, right, I'm going to be on maternity leave. So I need all the money that I can get, stop paying pension. Um, and that might be the, the route or the decision that you might have to make. But I think it's just really kind of weighing up all your options. Um, and once you kind of get back into employment, look at making sure you enroll yourself back if you have opted out and then making sure um, or actually exploring whether you can pay more back into your pension to kind of cover any gaps. And actually, if you choose to return, not to return back to work, um, make sure that you are looking at your national insurance contributions because you have to have several a number of years national insurance contributions to actually qualify for your state pension. Therefore, if you don't have enough because you've been out of work, you may not qualify for your state pension. So it sounds really scary, sounds not sexy at all, but I think it's really important. Yeah, I think you covered a lot of the headlines there. Thank you, Toby. I think like it's important to note when we speak about workplace policy, about policy, that you're actually delving into your context. And I know that sounds silly, but like people who have asked me, oh, how did you navigate maternity leave and pay? I'm a teacher or I was a teacher. I need to um, practice rephrasing now. I've just left the profession. And um, actually the maternity package for teachers is, is quite good, <laughs> to be fair. Um, it's definitely not the same as other sectors so being aware of um 
what exactly your industry or your current organization offers rather than just asking broadly is really useful um and I think like for me in terms of unexpected it wasn't necessarily unexpected but in looking at the policy I was able to gauge which we all should and I guess are doing at what point does x money come to this point come to this reduction come to that reduction I think like depending on your circumstance or your your household your partner often men are like yeah when the baby comes yeah I got it it's covered and they don't actually fully appreciate bro we currently share um cost of we our cost of living this means uh, where 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 are you getting an extra three two three four grand from huh and maybe they have it but I think really engaging your partner in that conversation because one thing I think that you you didn't mention was that where if you are in a position that you rely on your partner to kind of meet the shortfall it means that other things like I just want to do 10 pounds worth of grocery shopping mm. I just want to buy myself a new outfit I, I want to go back to work plus I need a new wig that stuff is then an addition that your partner might not consider as part mm -hmm. of your, you know, well, that's the, these are the necessities. This is the rent, the mortgage, the electricity, whatever. So I think that can be quite hard. And in our, in our first episode back, we spoke about cost of living. And one of the things we said is like, you know, you sort of need to bend your mind to your condition. It doesn't have to be glum. You can find joy. You just have to appreciate that it's a set, it's a, se a segment of your life it's a portion of your time and so you know that for me there were things that I I just do not compromise in life my nails are always done I don't compromise that I know that that money has to be factored in and so I might forfeit the designer bag I might forfeit the holiday um but as a minute thing that's not coming off the monthly cost so I think like really engaging your support network in that process is important um the other thing I would add I totally agree with the the, the child care wait I'd, I will talk about child care in a minute bro yes, that yes. is a whole, whole segment um but I think the other thing that is a bit tricky to navigate for some people is if you're on social housing so whilst your rent can be covered by I, I think it's universal credit now it used to be housing benefit um you can't apply it's still housing benefit it's still it housing benefit. Mm -hmm. it still has a benefit but you can't actually apply you know that your pay is going to go down at x point but you can't apply until you are not earning anything and so if you're considering that your housing if you live in social housing will be covered by a benefit you still need to be ready to either meet that gap or or if you're stealthy you will be ready to negotiate the fact that you're in the risk and you will pay it off how it comes I think I think you know the point is on on that point or the on that point is don't hide don't avoid these unexpected yes. costs you know you can if you at the time that I was on I think my first maternity I think yeah well, yeah it was my first maternity I would I still had a car out on loan and it was fine I can manage it because of the timings but you know if you speak to your creditors you might be able to take a break that has implications so don't just say oh yeah I'm gonna pause paying and we I think a lot of us know this from 2020 but you can speak to your creditors about adjusting your loan repayments or taking a break as well to help manage you guys have literally covered everything. I think I would just add um, one of the things that I found was major for me. I didn't really read the uh, maternity um, the maternity documents that HR gave in the policy. Very silly of me. But further down the line, when I was heavily pregnant, I did read it properly. And I had that discussion with them, your maternity leave, how you're going to manage it and all of those stuff. And I had somebody else actually read my policy for me and then explain it back to me. 
because that really helped because some of the things that they put in there were very vague they weren't like confirmed it was very like what does this mean what does that mean so i got somebody else to do it for me and they read it back to me and i was so grateful because i was like really because this isn't this is not good this is this is terrible but i've managed to like rejig everything and that really helped i would also say in terms of your partner's policy you need to read that as well because mm. we had a nasty surprise when they said oh the two weeks that you take off are unpaid so like what? they only get two weeks are you off. joking no, they only get two weeks off well in his company he only got two weeks off and the end of that month his pay was halved and i was like what's going on so we called them up saying it's a mistake it's a mistake and they were like no it's not did you read the policy properly in between all the lines there was little fine print that said basically your pay is going to be halved it's unpaid so it's something you just have to be aware of i feel like when when you're expecting you're in the bubble of let's get the baby clothes let's let's see what's what milk our child's gonna have what nappies are we going to use but these things don't even matter because when you're actually going back to work and you have to negotiate that or even not going back to work and going to another job are you allowed to do that all of those things you need to kind of fix before you actually decide what you're doing because it's it's crazy, but I think everything's been covered. Everything else I agree with, but just that in particular, just make sure you read it or get somebody else to read it for you because the policies are mad. Yeah, I would say one thing I forgot that I <laughs> learned on the way is just maybe even asking for a schedule of payments. So you can actually potentially ask, okay, in month one, what, what am I going to get? In month two, what am I going to get? In month three, what am I going to get? Because it can be misleading the way um, statutory maternity pay is paid and then enhanced maternity pay is paid, for example. So for statutory maternity pay, you get nine months of payment. But let's say, for example, if you had enhanced maternity pay, let's say they say that we're going to pay you three months full pay, for example. That three months full pay is also made up of a statutory portion and the rest of that whatever that makes up to kind of take you to your full pay so I thought I was going to get for example three months full pay and then nine months statutory that's not that's not that wasn't the case and that's not the case in actual in actuality I had nine months of payments but the first three months I had that full pay portion and then the rest of it basically went to went to statutory so you're right it's just really understanding and asking the question if you don't understand so you don't get that surprise about what is coming into your bank account at the end of every month but i think hr do that on purpose because they're for the business and they're not for you so they want you to be confused they want you to kind of not know where you're turning and how much you're going to get paid and then when it comes into your account you just take it and say oh it's maternity pay because they're not for you so that's why you gotta have to do all right Rachel, queens <laughs> of babylon i think you get that in every single episode hr need to fix our, yes our, hr yes, every episode um, but before before we move on to sort of um, your next key point, Rach, I, I kind of want to speak to the the stat that you opened with and the point that Toby made about pensions and stuff in that, you know, what we don't want to be doing is putting ourselves on the back foot as we return to work. So things like taking out a loan whilst you're on maternity leave, um, and I know for some people it's, it's inevitable that it, they absolutely are not going to be able to cope without some sort of financial buffer. But if you do, I think it's so important to financially forecast and plan for them when you go back to work, um, especially potentially if you're going back part time. So your pay from before may be deducted that you're accounting for that. Um because you don't want to put yourself in a, a long-term disadvantage. And I say that even though with nursery fees, it's pretty long-term. But but um, you want to be thinking about, you know, how can you, man how can you manage what might seem like a slight financial crisis, not just here and now because you're, you know, trying to stop the water from the pipe, put a plaster over it, but like really plan ahead. And you know, we spoke about life insurance during season five, during the pandemic, you know, becoming a parent. I I only thought about um, life insurance, unfortunately, once I bought, once we bought our first house post babies. 
not actually when we had babies but you know when you think about the importance of securing everything you've got leaving your legacy for these children that you're working so hard for um it's so easy to feel like these things are not important oh I I don't really need life insurance I'll be all right okay because you can guarantee that you are God cool you know oh pension I'll deal with that later we don't want to overlook how we protect our bag so Mm. um really planning for where we start to try and cut costs or 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 take financial risks how have we accounted for those um going forward such a good point I read a book and I always preach about this book because it's it's called um smart women finish rich it's very Americanese um but it talks about the premise of why it's so important for women to build financial stability or financial wealth or whatever you want to call it um and within that book there was a stat that I don't remember the exact numbers of the stat, but it basically talks about how men tend to die before women (laughs) on average. Um, And also where there are divorce proceedings or anything like that, the women are always or typically on average, the ones that are financially worse off, but yet they have most of the caring responsibility. So actually, when you look at those stats, as women, we do definitely need to be make sure that financially we're in a sound position that we understand all of the finances that like you're saying we're thinking ahead and projecting to what Mm. you know we're doing today and how is that going to impact the future so as you're saying it I was just I'm just like yes 100% I massively agree with you that you know as women it's tough right but it's important so that leads nicely on to my next question which is what financial key gems are available for new expecting mothers that we can tap into and that we can access do you know toby good question i always it's so easy to think oh there's a baby coming it's really exciting and Mm -hmm. it is really 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 exciting don't get me wrong but you do not need to go out there and flash and spend loads and loads of cash buying all this stuff but I'm sure like mm-hmm. I can see everyone's nodding because we can all think of lists and reams of items that we spent money on and we hardly used <laughs> so that would be the first thing I would say at least of... for the first baby second baby boy they don't get it <laughs> no <laughs> no not at all like, I remember with my friend she um said call me she's like oh do you want this do you want this do you want that and initially I was like I really want to buy those things for for my child. As I started to look at the prices of the things that she was offering, I was like, okay, I'll take that. <laughs> That's not a problem. I'll take that. And we swapped it. Once I was done with it, I gave it back and we shared it and vice versa and things like that. So yeah, I just say- On, on that point, mm. Toby, sorry to interrupt. I've found quite often men are so reluctant to engage in the handout in inverted commas and yes. so a lot of my friends I've offered, I've said, you know, we've got this. We only used it one month. Um, you know, I respect people's journey, but I know there's certain things that like, absolutely, I definitely would not buy, do not need to buy or could compromise. Things like a baby bath. Filling that thing is long. Get a seat and put it in the bath. That's me. Um, high chairs. I didn't like them at all. I got a chair that I put at the table, works better, it's cheaper and it's more space effective. But what I found amongst my friends is that it's like, oh no, he doesn't want, he no, he doesn't want. And it's like, you don't understand. You're only going to, especially like summer months, if if but once some whatever age you're at, whether it's newborn, couple of months, one year, summer is not long in this country. And then you find yourself obviously needing, it creeps up on you like, I need sun hat. I need this. Listen, if the things are in good condition and they're people that you trust and love and, and respect their cleanliness, honestly, I was, I I don't want to say this too loud, but don't listen to him. Take the hand out. Take the hand out. <laughs> like you say, it's people that you love and, and trust, right? It was my best friend and we've been brought up like sisters. I've known, like our mums went to school together. Um, with each other so we are literally sisters right so I think it's people that you love and trust and you know if if your partner's not on board then that's absolutely fine you know you've got to come to a mutual agreement of what is best for you just don't if, tell him just don't tell yeah him. Or, you, or you could do that <laughs> or on the other hand you could sell right there are so many things that I was like this is this is lightly used I can sell this winter coat or 
I can sell this bodycon dress that I am definitely not going to wear again. <laughs> um, and yeah, you can take that as, you know, portions of savings and kind of put that towards little bits for, for the kids or stuff like that. So that was one thing that I, I loved doing actually. In fact, I am, um, I made it a bit of a hobby. <laughs> so on my maternity leave, I would do lots of walks. I love doing walks anyway, but I do lots of walks and I would stumble across some nice charity shops. Um, and sometimes I'd stumble across some really nice items that I could buy at a particular price. And I knew I could sell a bit of a markup on eBay. And I did that. I once found a Max Mara coat that was hardly used, bought it, sold it, made a nice tidy profit. And uh, yeah, made sure I kind of you know, use that money sensibly to with whatever else I had to do. So there are lots of kind of little entrepreneurial ways that you can, you know, think of to kind of help you navigate that particular season. But you definitely don't need to buy loads of stuff brand new. Yeah. Not at all. I I think like my biggest um your question was about gems, right? The biggest one is on childcare for me. Mm. Um and I feel like I definitely missed out the first time round. I was stung. <laughs> I was stung. I feel like childcare could be a whole episode in itself, but it let's is, give yeah. it. But, you know, there's things like, because um, you get told, but you don't really pay attention to, and Toby, maybe you can help us understand, what's the difference between using your workplace childcare vouchers versus using the government tax free um, payments? Um, I never engaged with that in my first time, the first time round. The second time I've used um, the government tax free payments. What a difference mm. that makes. Oh, my gosh. Um, and so I I'll say what I know. And, and Toby, please do jump in. But the premise is that rather than paying nursery fees directly to the nursery, you pay it through a government account. And then every time you pay into that government account, the government top, top you up by a certain percentage. There's a certain amount you're entitled to over the course of the year. But for example, I think like something like for every thousand pounds I put in, I got about 300 pounds back. Something like that. I don't know. Um, but it makes such a difference. And one of the reasons why I didn't tap into it, there's two reasons why I didn't tap into it. The first was that I think sometimes we, consider ourselves exempt in that we we see ourselves as oh I'm a working professional or my household earns this amount of income there's no way that we'd be entitled to any benefits so you just don't even look you're just like oh mm. I'll get I'll get by why should I get by when that money I'm actually entitled to and it's there it's there it's available I'm so sad I missed out the first time the second the second thing for me though which is a whole nother thing is when I did eventually tap into child, it was at the time childcare credits um, back in 2012 when my first was born. Um, there was a process that, and there still is now, but it's slightly different. I think it's slightly easier now where you do have to refresh and update um, your details or reconfirm that you are using the childcare provider. Now, uh, I didn't. I missed a refreshment date. And then... Two years later, so I think my son was even out of nursery, um, I got whacked with a bill. Um, and they had said, you know, we've been paying you and you're not entitled. I provided all of the bank statements, a letter from the nursery. But the fact that I'd missed the deadline mm -hmm. meant that they were like, you missed the deadline. Doesn't matter that all the evidence is there, you missed the deadline. And so, um, and I know a few people that that's happened to, but being stung is not the reason to not um, claim what you're entitled to, but do be mindful that these things do need to be scheduled in, scheduled into your diary and kept on top of. Yeah, such a good point, right? And I think it's so important to to talk as women, as mothers, and I think as you discover something along, you know, your childcare financial journey, like just share it with your friends and say like, hey girl, did you know that you might be entitled to this? Like have a look at this. May not work for your situation, but definitely have a look. I think that's the most important thing is just having a look, talking to someone. If you get really stuck, because sometimes it can be a little bit complicated, just call HMRC and they can definitely guide you through. You may have to sit on hold for a little bit, but it takes a little bit of patience. Um, just go for it. Fill out the forms. If you're not eligible, they'll come back and tell you that you're not eligible. But it's better that rather than finding out that you could have got some 
additional help for sure. So yeah, massively agree with you there. I think for me, one of my friends um, gave me the link to a website. I feel like it's called Entitled To. And you go in and you fill in all your details and how much you earn. Are you single? Have you got a partner? How many children do you have? Is What type of childcare? All of that stuff, you fill it in. And then at the end, it comes up with if you're entitled to anything and if you are, what things are they? They'll list them. Is, is there links to the application forms and all of that stuff? And I think that really helped me because it then alerted me to the fact that I was entitled to the Sure Start Maternity Grant, Brilliant. which I wasn't entitled to when I was still working, but because I went down to statutory maternity pay, I was then entitled to it. And it's a £500 one-off payment that they pay you, um, I think within the first six months of your child being born or something like that. Don't quote me on it, but it's something along those lines. So I was so grateful to be able to be entitled to free money. I was like, yes, hooray, finally, I'm entitled to something. And it was really good to just be able to find that out for myself because I wouldn't have known if I didn't go on Entitled to and kind of look through and put in my details. Sometimes it can be time consuming, working out how much you're actually getting paid and all of that stuff. But it really helped me to then think, OK, I'm entitled to this. And also what Shan was saying with the child care and putting into the account and the government will give you money back. I didn't know I was entitled to that either. So when I was paying all these things and thinking, okay, trying to work out and realizing, okay, I'm going to have to pay this amount. Actually, I'll get a bit back because of that scheme that's going on as well. So it's really important to kind of even talk to your mummy friends. Sometimes it's hard, like you don't want to tell them, oh my God, I've got this to pay and I've got that to pay. And you're thinking, oh, I don't really want to share that. But actually they're probably going through the same thing as you. So just speak 100%. to them about it. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, definitely. And I'd just say, I think Toby's earlier point about the deposit, the thing that catches you out in terms of childcare, like if I had, if I had thought about it, I, I knew it, but I didn't thought, think about it. If there's anything that I would save for um, whilst being pregnant or the beginning of my pregnancy, it definitely would have been to stash that deposit. Mm. Um, I didn't even know that you know I didn't even consider that you could negotiate how you might pay when you might pay but I think that one was the hardest because as Toby already said you're on zero you've been being on zero and then the nursery says we need a month up front a thousand pounds average and it's like okay yeah so um where does that come from before I go back to work so if there was one thing one single thing that I would portion off for even it was just half save put that down you can't cover everything you can't cover a lifetime of having that child or the whole entire you know your whole entire salary for the first year but that deposit it does hurt <laughs> it really does and I, do you know what, as, as you're talking I'm like oh, do you know what maybe when your baby's coming and friends and family get really excited and they're like what can I buy you what can I buy you what's on this what's on the list yes Give why me the cash. About, yeah, why not think about a contribution pot? It's like, do you know what? It's 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 anonymous. You don't have to. But in, instead of stuff, because we don't need that much stuff, if you would like to make a, a contribution, we would we would really appreciate it. Because, yeah, we just don't need all of that stuff. And it's nice that people get excited. And if they want to help, then, you know, hopefully there are different ways that they can they can help. Definitely. I feel like. I actually used my baby shower money that I got through family and friends to pay the deposit for my son's nursery. But what also helped was that I knew what nursery I wanted him to go Brilliant. to from ages ago. Like when I was pregnant, I knew what nursery I wanted it to be. So I already contacted them, got information from them, all filled out the forms and knew kind of potentially when I would want to. And they said, actually, that date's flexible if you don't want him to come on that date then we can save your place for x amount of time and that gave me a bit of breathing space but I think it's because I went there early if I'd tried to come there now when I'm kind of getting ready to go back to work I don't think they would have been so flexible because obviously the nurseries in high a lot of nurseries are in high demand especially if they've got a good rating so um they would probably be like um we only have this time we only have these days he can come and if you can't fit into that then this is where we're at with it. So I think it's definitely worth, if you know you're having a child and you know you're definitely going back to work, having that time to kind of look around at nurseries and ask for recommendations from family and friends and things like that, because I think that definitely helps.
you know what you you really skimmed over an important point there in that you can have your chosen nursery and then they can say we don't have spaces for those particular days and that's just the way it is or for example I I worked part-time four days a week but the nursery only um it was like you could do three days or five days something like that and so the fourth day I was like so what am I supposed to do on the fourth day so um don't take for granted I know it doesn't sound necessarily sound finance related but the fact that it affects your working pattern might affect the nursery that you are able to tap into um is hugely important and in choosing that nursery I know most of us you know would consider something that's perhaps close to home or close to work but think about your logistics because those late fees are also not a joke um I I've never been caught because I I work around it but some nurseries are as much as like a pound a minute I I say as much as it could possibly be more so when you think about the logistics of your travel journey to or from work like which end um which end of your journey do you want the nursery to be at does it need to be close to work because you finish quite late and so that's convenient or would you prefer it to be home and their home so that when you're not working the nursery's close and you can still utilize it because the other thing is that maybe some people don't appreciate is even when your child is off you have to pay even when the nursery is closed you still have to pay the same rate so to be aware of those things as well in terms of childcare. Yeah, really good point around logistics. One thing we didn't factor into kind of moving further outside of London was parking at the station (laughs) because of the nursery that we have got. It's nowhere near a station, but also the, well, it's kind of near, but also the timings between the drop off and at the time I need to get into work means I have to drive and I have to park at the station. (laughs) So I've now had to, you know, just calculate that and put that into our monthly budget and just be aware of that that additional cost as well so yeah it's just something to be mindful of this also leads into my next question which is how can expectant and working mums prepare better for the financial change that's about to hit them um just before i i release it for you guys to um answer um i would just say on this particular point it's very 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 important to speak to people i feel like with finances it's very hush hush especially in the black community i have to be honest we don't like talking about finances in particular our own finances and i think if you decide to not say anything to anybody and maybe just keep it between you and your partner or if you're a single mother you just decide to keep it to yourself it's very detrimental to your future so it's important to speak to people about this so obviously this podcast is giving you a bit of information in this particular episode but there's lots of resources you can tap into to find out and speak to people. I'm sure there's someone that you can speak to that you trust to go through the steps with you. But yes, um, Toby, if you want to take over. Um, really good question. On the my bump pay website, there's a section called free resources. And one of those free resources um, is a kind of maternity pay budget sheet. Now, I, I love that budget sheet. I still use it today, even though I'm not anywhere near <laughs> maternity leave. But what it does is it just allows you to put in what your normal budget is and then what your normal budget would be with maternity pay. I think the premise of that is quite interesting because it you can see what your budget is. And then with everything that's happening, you could start to like forecast changes that you think may be coming in terms of your your finances whether you're going on maternity leave or whether you're not going on maternity leave sorry I can hear my children screaming in the bathroom (laughs) I hope you can't hear them um but I think that's a really good place to start so you can start to see right if this goes up or if this doubles how does that start to impact my finances and maybe what changes could we start to make potentially as a family and as a couple so I definitely say kind of look at things like that um I am a really big fan of kind of like technology and apps. So I love an app called Plum. And what it does is that it, um, lots of bank accounts do this now, but they'll kind of look at what your average spending is in different categories. And it'll tell you, okay, every week, Toby, you can afford to put, for example, one pound into savings. And then it automates that into kind of like a bucket for me. So even if I'm not thinking about saving, that is that is doing it. And then I take that small amount of money at the end of the month and I kind of put it into actually a, a stocks and shares 
ISA. So that money is kind of growing for me in the background. It's a small, it's a small amount every month, but I think I feel like the small things actually really, really add up. Um, and like you say, kind of just really talking about things are really, really important. Um, there's so many points and I won't take all the points. I'm really interested to what you ladies have to say. But as I was thinking about this in preparing in preparation for this conversation, I think one thing that is important that perhaps we don't always talk about is actually looking after your own financial well-being. There is so much going on at the moment. There is so much being spoken about around cost of living and energy price cap rises and all sorts of financial doom and gloom that we think could be looming. And I think what we take into our, our minds and our psyche is really, really important. So I think actually you understanding and putting value on yourself, don't put value on how much salary that you have or you don't have or how much is kind of coming out of your financial pot. Yes, it may absolutely be difficult, but I think it's just looking after yourself and thinking, okay, what are the things that bring me joy that perhaps aren't financial? And also focusing on those things, because I think at this time, especially financial well-being is really, really important, especially if you are potentially about to become a new mum or you are already in the throes of motherhood. Um, but yeah, so I just think that's really important. Yeah, and, and that's exactly what we spoke about when we spoke about the cost of living crisis in that, like, exactly what you said, find your joy, you know, not every day looking outside, looking at Instagram. Um, you know, I always say to my partner that we chose and we were fortunate enough to be blessed with the children we have. I didn't foresee a life without children. So this portion of my life might say that I don't get to go on two holidays every year or even a holiday every year. Um, you know, the things that we potentially have to cut back on. But what I do, what I do see and say is I keep a roof over my head and I, I enjoy my beautiful home and that is going to bring me joy because God knows, you know, not everyone is fortunate to have the space that we've been able to provide for our family and that would be a whole nother load of stress. So like even just appreciating and being grateful for and, and seeking joy in the things that are a necessity, i.e. paying your bills, um, is so important. Yes, you are still a person. Yes, you still do want to look nice and you still do want to have nice things. Um, and, you know, for, for, for some, life won't change. For many, there's alterations that need to be made. But exactly on that point, it is about well-being and, and not, you know, not being down, not being stressed, not feeling like you have to keep up to with the Joneses. Not There's so many creative things you can do. You know, I think what we sort of, overlook with um I'm gonna I'm just gonna call it like with the life of Instagram you know things like baby showers and the amount of money that people spend on baby showers and photo shoots and whatever they are very very nice to have but that's exactly that nice to have if you want it and you've and you've portioned for it and you've budgeted for it go for it but if you're finding yourself struggling just because you want something to post on the gram mm -mm. It, it will pain you it will pain you in the long run so I think that sort of redressing of your values redressing of what makes you happy but also appreciating that everything is just for a time period is so important yes I I agree I think Toby you touched on it earlier and you were saying about you um enjoyed going on a lot of walks and I have found so much joy in going on walks not only does it settle my son and it gets him to sleep but it also just gives me a chance to take in fresh air although i don't know if london air is even fresh anymore but um just a chance to breathe and not to be bogged down at the laptop or bogged down doing washing bottles and doing all the things that mums have to do um i think it just gave me a lot of clarity and gave me a chance to just think about what's going on and think about things with a clear mind that really has helped me so yes well-being is definitely an important way to kind of help you when you're going through that maternity if you're going into maternity or if you're on maternity going through that i think it's very important to have your well-being shan also mentioned one thing she wasn't going to let go was her nails now i had to let go of my nails but i really want to go back to getting my nails back on i want my acrylics back 
and I think just being in the nail shop, hearing the conversations that are going on just gives me a little bit of joy and just something to look forward to. So I'm going back to do my nails. I have to find a way, but it is important to have those things. Definitely. Don't tell them I encourage you, you know. <laughs> I'm going to tell them. I'm going to say Shan sent me. They're going to be like, who's that? But I'm just going to say definitely. Shan sent me. Yeah. Such a, and one of you guys are thinking, one thing I didn't, I think I maybe alluded to, is that I feel like everything is negotiable. That's what I definitely learned on, on my kind of, motherhood journey and I and I am still learning I, I remember kind of looking at my maternity policy initially I was thinking like hmm this might not work <laughs> and you know just having a conversation with my employer and just saying you know what are the what are the plans to perhaps evaluate you know the maternity policy that we have in place so that it's you know it's competitive with our with our sector and it was just fortunate the timing that you know they, they were planning to do so but had I not asked that question that might not have been accelerated <laughs> and I might have been yeah. what I on what I read the first time which was not amazing um so you know I think everything is you know negotiable or at least just ask the question whether it's asking your friends whether it's asking your family um and I think asking family is actually really important and I know people are in certain very different situations but you just never know what help family are willing to offer they Honestly, could say that fourth day was covered by my partner's aunt amazing you know um we offered to pay her um comp- maybe not comparable to the nursery fee <laughs> but we offered but you know her and my son have a beautiful relationship on one that she might not have had with a baby at this stage in her life mm. based on where her children are at so the community and the same goes for like when the children are older so you know I've got a network of parents and we each take a couple of days off in the holiday so everybody doesn't have to use all of their annual leave and things like Great. that that work out and just on on the note of negotiable and well-being not in the same way but sometimes you also have to negotiate with yourself so you know most people are like oh I'm gonna take a year off and then the finance is here and it becomes a struggle and do you know what sometimes you just have to do what you've got to do and it will be as painful and I know there's different milestones and there's you know different safe perhaps safety things you feel like in terms of where your baby's at but you can go back to work month two month six month nine month 12 you will still cry that night before <laughs> you'll still cry that that's night so true <laughs> it doesn't matter when you leave them you're going to cry so you know don't force a narrative oh I must take a year off because that's or I'm gonna miss certain things we will always miss something we will always miss something It like there's always a first something um and I mean that like to the nth degree like when a child learns addition they might learn that in the classroom before they learn it with you when they learn the sound ah doesn't matter how many times you've said it they might only there's so many opportunities we'll miss with our children and we can't be hard on ourselves um we can't be hard we can't be hard on ourselves and children also don't miss what they have never had so our ideas of what would be nice for children oh they've got to go to this cinema they've got to go to this show they've got to go on this holiday they've got to have this thing this is what we're saying not what they're saying so sometimes you might need to negotiate your own mindset too such a good point honestly I don't think we I know I found it hard at the beginning to kind of say like maybe even consider taking a shorter period of time but actually you've got to look at what's good for your family what's good for you what's good for your financial and your career situation it may be that actually for all of those things going back at eight months is the best thing for that particular setup that that you have and don't let anybody tell you left right or center you know how long you should take off you know the answer deep down inside between you know you yourself and potentially your partner um it's such a good point I think we're all pressured to thinking I've got to take a year I've got to take a year you don't have to take a year a year is an option such good points so as we're now coming to the close Toby I just wanted to give you a chance to um let people know what you're doing where they can find you and if you have any last points that you just want to add for expectant mums mums that are on maternity mums that are thinking of potentially having kids so any tips that you have for them that would be great Oh, thank you so much for having me. I love this conversation. We could talk about it. We should do a part two. Yes. Um, 
Gosh, yes. In terms of where you can find me, uh, mainly on Instagram at mybumppay. And there's also a website, www.mybumppay.com. There's lots of resources on there. Um, in terms of my last word, I would say don't do it alone. Do it in community. Do it with friends. Um, and if you are maybe the first in your friendship circle to, you know, become a mum there are loads of amazing communities online you've got apps like peanut and peanut has like a a, a group for, for everything I was surprised when I found a group on there for like mums with children with afro hair like what to do with it um so yeah you'll be surprised I just think just don't do it alone the journey is hard enough and all these little gems and nuggets that we will share today it's all because we've been talking to different people and learning and different things and so yeah I would say just don't do it alone do it in community do it with people supporting you and cheering you on, on along the way definitely Shan have you got anything I don't you know I just think I, d- I just think like with everything the whole premise of this podcast is well-being financial well-being emotional well-being physical well-being yeah and so it's just like most importantly to me is that we're looking after ourselves whatever that means I know um uh, do you know what I've, I've forgotten but I think it was I think it was season five episode eight that we did the first episode on motherhood which was called compromise or sacrifice and not everything has to be a sacrifice some things are compromises and and some things might be sacrifices but you just have to assess your situation in making sure that it's all working out for you and your family definitely I think what I'll what I'll leave um everybody with is that I had a conversation with my aunt and she said you know what Rach we were made for this we were made for motherhood and yes it's evolved into a lot of different things as as 2020 is now hit and 2022 we're now in 2022 things have changed Mm -hmm. but she said our ancestors have been doing this for years they didn't even have maternity leave probably so she said you know what take every day as it comes it's a blessing to have a baby and to be able to have that journey with a new blessing and she said just go with it and I've literally taken that advice like to the to the core because it's it's some days I'm like what's going on here but I literally (laughs) think back to what she's told me and I'm like yep I've got to remember just take every day and it's been working so far yeah nothing lasts forever man it's a portion yes So um, as I'm just wrapping up now, as you guys know, we've got to do the housekeeping at the end as well. So of course, tell a friend to tell a friend about our podcast. We always welcome any new listeners, any emails that you guys have for us or anything you want to let us know, you can DM us or you can email us at blackwomenworkinguk at gmail.com. And you can also get us on our social media at bwwpodcastuk on Instagram and Twitter and on Snapchat. So you can get us all through those socials and we look forward to hearing from you um if you want to talk to us about potential guests or if you want to be a guest on our podcast please email us if you have any scenarios and you want us to help you with those please email us and make sure you go and check out my bump pay as well because her resources are excellent so go and look over there at her instagram and her website I was going to say, keep an eye on the socials because um, even though we've only begun season seven, um, we've got some big changes lined up for 2023. So loads of opportunities for our community to join us and collaborate in different ways to keep in touch. And it's probably worth saying, Rach, that you are actually going to be enjoying the end of your maternity leave. So we might not hear much from you after this episode on this season. Yes, but guys, I'll be back. Don't worry about that. cool cool all right thanks rach wonderful thank conversation you. as always and thank, thank you toby, toby for joining for us oh thank you it was really good yeah let's definitely do it again if we can yes we we should do it Lovely. again okay then. Alrighty. see you the next time soon bye bye bye